Wanda's power and this journey she's taken is kind of a metaphor for mental illness in a way, because she didn't ask for this power she didn't want. And no one asks for mental illness. No one wants it. Absolutely, yes. And the power, just like mental illness, it's not her fault, but she recognizes that it is her responsibility. Yes, absolutely. Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. So we like to joke on this show, right, Aim? Yep, we do. We like to laugh and have fun. But uh, this WandaVision finale, this is going to be a little bit more serious. Yeah, this is no joking matter. No, because yes, there are light moments in this finale, but by and large, there are some real legit themes and issues that we need to discuss. And also, I am just generally a hot mess right now. (laughs) This episode fucked me up. Yeah, yeah. I got a call with her tears streaming down her face. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get to that. But this episode also isn't really conducive to the way we normally go through an episode point by point. What we're going to do instead is focus on each character, how things were resolved, and some general themes that the show gets into. Yeah. And I think it's also important to say that we know a lot of people out there are disappointed right now. This has been fairly divisive from what we're seeing on social media. If that's how you feel, we respect that. We're not here to tell anybody how to feel about it. But if you are disappointed, just hear us out because we thoroughly enjoyed it. To be fair, I was a bit disappointed too. And there's one thing in particular that I was very disappointed about, which we will get to. Yeah, I was too. Yep. But after thinking about it and re-watching it for the second time, I'm kind of grateful that they went the way they did. Me too. It's not always the job of writers to give fans what they want. That can be important. Absolutely. But sometimes what the fans want and what the show or the main character needs is different. Correct. And I feel like, yes, the show didn't give us what we wanted, but it gave us what we needed at this point of time. Yes. And I think in time, a lot of people will come around to that. But right now, things are a little raw. And I will say, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, as much as I love them, they are kind of at fault for this. For some of it, anyway. Because Paul Bettany had us all thinking there was going to be this big cameo. He's since apologized. He thought he was saying it jokingly enough that people wouldn't take it seriously. And Elizabeth Olsen had piggybacked on the joke with her Luke Skywalker level cameo. I can forgive them for that for a couple of reasons. One, because they're amazing. I love them. But two, because this has been a really weird press tour for them. Yeah. And I think it's also Paul Bettany is very English. And some of that stuff tends to get lost in translation. That's very true. And you know what? This I realized this this morning. Even though they've been around the MCU for a while now, 
this is their first time ever being the focal points of a project. They've been side characters up to this point. So in the press tours, yes, they were a part of things. There were interviews, but the main focus was on the core Avengers, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is their first time really in the Marvel spotlight. And even Matt Shackman, the director, said he was not prepared for the global storm that this show created. Like, they didn't anticipate it being this big. Yeah, and I think a lot of it also has got to do with us as fans because we've been so starved of Marvel content that we just kind of grabbed this and went with it and just went a bit nuts. It's like, you know, binge eating at a buffet if you haven't eaten all day. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, it was just a combination of things. It was partly, yeah, they they screwed up a little in certain things they said, but also a lot of it we just did to ourselves. Yeah. Like Amy said, because we were so desperate and because people have time on their hands right now. And two, I can attest to this. I've been stressed out of my mind for the last few months. And it's been nice to have something else to focus on as an escape. <laughs> Fictional stress as opposed to real stress. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I heard this, but there's nothing quite as good as other people's problems yes it's very true and that's what we tend to gravitate towards with shows we always want to see the conflict because it takes away from what we're experiencing or we may associate with some of those things and this show at the time that it's come out a lot of people are associating with yes definitely so all i'm saying is just go easy on them however we do have one big gripe that I think everyone has now that we do think is legitimate. Fucking Ralph Boner. Yeah. Yeah. Boner gave us blue balls. Big time. <laughs> yeah. Evan Peters was a step too far with the mind fuckery. Yeah. Yeah. If they go back now and retcon it, I would be pissed. Well, more pissed. Yeah, they made a mistake with that one, especially since phase four is going to be taking us into the multiverse. Mm -hmm. If that wasn't the case, I think maybe it could have been different. But no, that was too much. Yeah. And they knew what they were doing. They said that they took pains to hide him during shooting so that people wouldn't know. It's not like a case of, oh, it's a different universe. You can't really expect it. But they have hinted at it. We know that. Marvel has got the rights back to the X-Men universe. And they have heavily spoken about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and how Wanda's going to be a big part of it. So doing this and then saying, oh, ha ha, he's not Peter from the X-Men is a big giant fuck you to all of us. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but Kevin Feige, you drop the ball a little bit on that one. And considering for the last decade, they've been so great. I'm willing to forgive them for this one, as long as they don't do something stupid again like that. Yes, agreed. All right, so let's dive in to some resolutions here. We're going to, you know, work our way up to the family. <laughs> yeah, we'll pace ourselves. Yeah. So let's start things off with Dr. Darcy Lewis and Director Hayward. Yeah. One thing I'm very disappointed at is that she hardly got any screen time in this last episode. So I'm okay with that. 
And I'm also okay with Monica's cliffhanger slash resolution for a couple reasons. So one, we are going to see Darcy again. We know that. They've said that in interviews. She will come back to the MCU. And Mm. I look forward to seeing in what capacity. But two, this entire episode was like a glass of cold water on my face, for me anyway. It was a reminder of what this story was all about from the beginning. Do you remember what I said to you before last week's episode about the problem I was having? No. I said that I was having issues seeing the forest through the trees. Right. Yes. Yes. You were feeding off kilter. Yeah. And that you said to me, that's because you're focusing so much on all the individual trees, AKA Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. And I lost sight of what this show was really all about. And that's Wanda. Mm -hmm. It is Wanda's story. It is her arc all the way. And this finale in every way is about her. She is the star and nobody takes away from that. So that's why I'm okay with Darcy having less screen time. It's not her story. And she did get a great send off, I think. Yeah, she did. But well, I love Darcy and I would love to see more of her. But I agree, not at the expense of Wanda and her story, because yes, this is her story. And I'm very glad that she was the one who managed to corner Hayward and and get him. Have fun in prison. That is now my favorite Darcy Lewis line of the MCU. That even beats Meow Meow for me. (laughs) Yeah, true. And so I love this resolution because he went out of his way to be misogynistic towards her. To, as Jimmy Woo said, try and diminish her. Yeah, I agree. And he was doing the same thing with Monica. And here's the thing. I'm slightly confused about his motivation. I know he did his whole bad guy monologuing thing with Jimmy, but I'm still a bit confused. I think the reason for that is because it's a dumb plan. He's an idiot. Okay. Okay. So my initial prediction of him being an idiot is relevant. Absolutely. He's not just a mustache twirling villain. He's just a moron. Yeah. He's a short-sighted idiot. He's not a scientist. He doesn't really know what he's doing. He's got more ambition than brains. Yeah, because. His goal was to get Vision online. He did that. Then he could have just left Wanda alone. In the heck. She wasn't interested in what was happening outside. She was living in her own bubble. Right. So I thought going into this episode that I wanted major payback against Hayward. I wanted to see all manner of horrible things happen to this man. Perhaps falling into a vat of acid. (laughs) a guillotine, just name it. And and I wanted that for Mm -hmm. him. And I think a lot of people did. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually glad. Yeah, because he didn't deserve that. He deserves to fade into nothingness. Exactly. So I think it's great that he is captured at the hands of a woman who he so badly underestimated and dismissed. And he's just dispatched in an unceremonious way, way without any attention. Yeah, not only did he underestimate Darcy, but he also severely underestimated Jimmy Woo. Indeed. He underestimated not only his dignity and competence, but also his magician skills. <laughs> Flourish. 
<laughs> that was great. That gave me a, a desperately needed chuckle during this episode. Yeah, definitely. And this show is so prescient in so many ways. And one of them is that, okay, Hayward gets taken down by a woman he tried to put down, but he also gets arrested at the hands of a man of Asian heritage from a typically mm -hmm. underrepresented population in the United States. For where we're at in 2021 right now, that felt damn good. Right. All right. So that's all the attention Hayward deserves. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to Mr. Boner, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't deserve too much attention either. <laughs> not his fault. Well, yes, I agree. Not his fault. Marvel, if you're listening to us, fuck you. I like to think they've learned their lesson at this point. There's been a lot of Mia culpas. Yeah, let's see. Hopefully. But that being said, I hope that this doesn't dissuade them from making other women the focus of their projects in the future and just take it as, oh, we got so much backlash for this one woman-centric show and the amount of crazy stupidity that happened with Captain Marvel that they don't say, oh, fuck this, and let's just stick to the Captain Americas and the Iron Mans. Well, keep in mind, there's already so much on the slate. True. And I hope that they don't end up backtracking after that. That's what I'm saying. I don't see that happening. I think they're smart enough to, you know, see where the wind blows and understand that while this has been divisive, yes, there's also tons of love for it. And I have no mm -hmm. doubt that Wanda Maximoff will be the most popular Halloween costume this October. <laughs> I, for one, will be very glad for that. Mm, I have a feeling there are going to be some interesting Google searches in your future. <laughs> So, yes, Fiatro turns out to be, you were correct, the owner of Agatha's house. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I thought Ralph was Senor Scratchy who was transformed. Take the win. Yeah, close enough, I suppose. Yeah. And yeah, so he was basically mind controlled slash given powers through that necklace of his. Yes, callback. That you liked. No, 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 no. Let's set the record straight on that right now. No, I don't think my sarcasm came across for you. I did not like the puka shell necklace. I grew up in the 90s amongst the puka shell necklace. See, classic example of lost in translation. <laughs> no, I definitely never wore one. Went to school with many a middle school faux hipster who thought they were the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Yeah, so Monica rips off the puka shell necklace because she can see the energy emitting from it, knocks him the fuck out, and that's all she wrote for Ralph. Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to say later on that, you know what, maybe we should just leave it because I have more to say about him when we get to Agatha and like what her resolution is. And now that Ralph has successfully been deboned. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that makes it sound like he was taken to a butcher shop. <laughs> or castrated i'm not sure which either way no bueno i'm good with either my hatred for him is strong <laughs> personally i'd rather see the fucking mailman go to the butcher shop anyway white vision <laughs> that was not his fault all right don't shoot the messenger i'm gonna shoot you in a second <laughs> White Vision is going to save me. First off, Paul Bettany did a fantastic job with White Vision. Yes, he did. 
he was definitely a lot more colder and his facial expressions were harder and he did a good job. And I do like the fact that they made his voice a lot more synthetic mm-hmm. than what is naturally Paul Bettany's voice as Vision. Yeah, it worked well. Yeah, it did. And I do like the fact that the big fight was quite literally just a logical discussion. Of course it would be. It made total sense. (laughs) Yeah, it did. I was very, very sad, though, to see all those books destroyed. Yeah. Couldn't they have had the conversation a few seconds earlier before they went and destroyed the library? I mean, I know it was fake, but still. Yeah, a lot of book talk in this episode. Yep. Yeah, and I think they purposely left it open that when White Vision realized that he is the real Vision, he just took off and disappeared. So, Amy, um, asking for a friend who was such a sobbing mess, he could only watch (laughs) this episode once. Could you explain the ship of Theseus conversation and how exactly data slash consciousness was transferred between these two gentlemen? Sure, I shall do it for your friend. Yes, he is anxious to know. (laughs) Okay, so basically the entire vision versus vision fight is a very highbrow thought experiment of the ship of Theseus. So if the ship of Theseus, the parts of it, the wood, is rotting and it gets replaced, is that the original ship? Or if the rotted planks have been restored and have been put together as another ship, is that the original ship? It's a great metaphor. Yeah, it is. So that's the conundrum. So in this case, White Vision is physically the original Vision, but he mentally isn't because some of his data is missing and he doesn't have the Mind Stone. Whereas Hex Vision is a complete recreation of the original vision without any of the original parts, including not having the Mind Stone. So who's the real vision? In this case, is it both or is it neither? So that's basically the crux of this argument. And White Vision realizes that he is physically the same. And once Hex Vision is able to unlock his original memories, White Vision is essentially complete Minus the Mind Stone. So he is the real vision. And that's when he just shoots off and disappears. Leaving things wide open. Yeah. And I like that they did that because they obviously did that on purpose to further that storyline. Definitely. And I'm also certain that Paul Bettany has no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. But I'm pretty sure that he's glad that it is left open, open-ended open so that he may continue to get a paycheck from Marvel. Oh, absolutely. Although they might deduct some for the nonsense that he did <laughs> for this. No tea for a month, Paul. <laughs> oh, dear. You got to have separate punishments for the Americans and the Brits. That's just how it works. Uh-huh. Although he is a bit of a hybrid now, so who knows? So no tea and coffee. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up White Vision. Let's move on to Monica Rambo. Yeah, we were quite worried about her after we saw her at the end of episode seven when Fietro slash Mr. Boner found her. Yeah, we didn't need to be worried. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really. <laughs> Turns out she was just stuck on the world's worst date. <laughs> 
believe me, <laughs> if I went out on a date with a guy like that, I would, with sheer willpower, just build up some superpower and disappear from that. <laughs> and that's saying a lot because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No lady boner for me. <laughs> You know, this this episode has taught me something. I always thought that I was better than dick jokes. <laughs> Apparently I'm not. That's my influence. I have corrupted you. <laughs> oh dear. Because I never get tired of it. <laughs> so yeah, Monica was more than capable of handling herself. Yeah. Knocks Ralph out and heads straight into the battle without a second's thought. Yeah. And she ran straight to the kids, helped them, and we got this cool special effect. Oh, yeah. Absorbing the energy of the bullet, yet it passing through her, she became not quite incorporeal, but still passing through her without impact. Yeah, she was like half human, half jello. Yeah, she was almost like ballistic gelatin. Yeah, it was a great effect. I loved it. Yeah. And... The moment that she realized she missed one shot, the panic in her eyes. Yeah. I mean, she literally took a bullet for those boys, too. That can't be overlooked. Multiple bullets. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids and Monica have a good moment there when Billy manages to stop that bullet. Mm -hmm. And she says, nice tricks. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. And I also I also love the look on Hayward's face when he realizes, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. And. This is, again, something that got me very confused about him. He wanted Wanda. He saw Wanda as having a magic fight with another crazy-looking woman up there in the sky. Why does he have to shoot the kids? And then when that fails, he tries to ram into them. What is his deal? I don't get it. I think part of it is he doesn't want witnesses. And what about the rest of the town and his own people? They're all going to be witnesses. In his mind, I think he'd have no problem justifying it to his own people. No problem. They're still following his orders without question. And as far as the people of Westview goes, I'm your savior. I saved you from that horrible, supernatural, superpowered woman. I don't think they'd have any problem with it. I think he'd be able to not sweep it under the rug. I think he'd figure out a way to get a medal for it. That's what his type does. Okay. I mean, once you shoot a kid, you're no longer gray. You're just flat out evil. Those kids were evil. Their mother was evil. She created them. They weren't actually human. Yeah, in his mind, they're not real. Right. K kind of the same way he was dehumanizing vision. Exactly. When he was speaking to Wanda in the previous episode. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He'd have no problem snowing everybody with that story. Because think about it. Okay. We, how long did we believe his lies? He snowed us with that video. True. Yeah. He's a good actor. I got to give him credit, this guy. Yeah, he is a good actor. And he always tends to play these kind of roles. So I think it's uh, second nature to him by now. Probably. So I love the moment that Wanda and Monica have together at the end. Yeah. I think Wanda, earlier on, they do have this one moment of acknowledgement where Wanda just kind of looks at Monica and just 
nods. So I think she knows that Monica saved the kids. Mm -hmm. And the little conversation that they have at the end of the episode when Wanda's leaving, I think that was a good, very heartfelt conversation between the two of them. Finally, they're speaking to each other as equals. Yes. Yes. There is such a level of understanding and respect between these two women. Yeah. And that's a theme I want to touch on later on in the episode, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think Monica understood Wanda better than anyone because she, like she says to her, I get it. I'd have brought back my mom. Yeah. And that's why she was so hellbent on trying to help Wanda right from day one. Yeah. And I think she also understands the sacrifice that Wanda's made better than anybody because her own grief is so raw. Yeah, true. They both lost someone important to them very recently, and they're both going through the same cycle of grief at this point. Yeah. In a way, I would say maybe trying to help Wanda has helped Monica as well. Absolutely. It's the first step in her own healing. Yeah. And I would love to see the both of them moving forward in the MCU, having more time together, more screen time together. I hope so. Yeah. So Monica gets called into the theater by an FBI agent who turns out to be a scroll. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we were... I'm excited for you when you saw the scroll. Yeah, I was pretty excited because we all thought we were going to see a scroll at some point, and there we go. Yeah. So she tells Monica, hey, I'm here on behalf of old friend of your mom. Heard you've been grounded. Yeah. He wants to meet with you. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me if I'm crazy, but she's talking about Fury, right? I think so, too, yeah. Okay. Fury and maybe Talos. Yeah. I can imagine those two have been, you know, knocking back nightly scotches together for a while now. <laughs> Fury's ready to get back in the game. Yeah, yeah. Because, shoot, Nick Fury knows an asset when he sees one. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure he's had some chats with Auntie Carol, too. I look forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah, I'm dying. yeah, and Monica seems to have some unresolved tension there. Yeah, I'm dying to know what happened between those two. Yeah, me too. Well, it's only a year and a half away, hopefully with no delays. Oh, is that all? Okay. Yeah, that's no it. No big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no biggie. At least in these times, no biggie at all. <laughs> I'll probably, if, if things continue the way they are, I'll probably just be a bumbling idiot by then. <laughs> Alrighty, let's talk about Miss Agatha. Okie dokie, artichoke. I don't know if there's a, a phrase in the English language I hate more than that one. <laughs> yeah, that line made me cringe. Okay. I think that's the point. That's how she's supposed to be. Absolutely. Now, you were right about Ralph being the owner of Agatha's house, but... Mm -hmm. You were wrong about Agatha not being powerful enough to attract Doctor Strange's attention. Because, damn. Yes, yes, I agree. I was wrong. So I do think that moving forward, Wanda and Doctor Strange are probably going to have a bit of a conversation about her. Oh, yeah. I think several. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They could maybe compare notes on astral projection. <laughs> so a discussion of Agatha here is going to take us into some of the larger themes we want to touch on. Mm -hmm. I know you told me that some people are upset with the way Agatha was resolved. What was the word you used that I didn't understand? 
nerfed. Okay. Can you once again uh, explain for an 85-year-old friend what that means? <laughs> so nerfed in gaming terms basically means when someone is built up to seem so powerful, like the big bad, and then you end up killing it in like two shots. Or if you are given a certain weapon, say it's a rocket launcher, and you expect that you shoot that one rocket and boom, you know, half your opponents get killed. Whereas the actual damage that gets caused to them is like maybe shooting them with three bullets as opposed to a big blast. So that means that weapon has been nerfed. It's been underpowered. So because of all the buildup with Agatha and how powerful she is, there there is this sentiment that Wanda took her down too quickly. But I respectfully disagree. So do I. I think it was absolutely perfect for a few reasons. One we already touched on, it's Wanda's story. And the whole, one of the major points of this story is to show just how insanely powerful she is. Yeah, that's one thing. And the other thing is that Wanda defeated her at her own game. She outsmarted her. Yes, the raw power was there, but Wanda did outsmart her in the end. Absolutely. And it was more than that for me. Again, this show is incredibly prescient. Here in the US, we just spent four years being led by an evil, power-hungry sociopath who basically just said, give me power because I want it. And that was Agatha's whole thing, just wanting that power. And Wanda dealt with her exactly the way you would deal with a spoiled child. No, no, you can't have this. And that felt really cathartic. Okay. It also reminds us of who Wanda is as a person. She recognizes that Agatha does not have the conscience, the integrity to deal with this magic. This is a power she should not have. And thus make sure she can't have it. She's protecting the world in doing this. I'm coming at this from a different perspective. Okay. I agree with you that Wanda had no intention of ever giving her magic to Agatha willingly. And why should she? Right. Irrespective of Agatha's intentions are, why should she give up her power? And that goes for any woman. Why should she give up her power, her autonomy to anyone else? That's right. To me, this fight was not about one taking the power from the other. This was more about self-actualization mm -hmm. for Wanda. And in this fight, I think she realized that all this time she was fighting herself, her own feelings, her emotions, her grief. And this is the time where now she's taking ownership of her own life as opposed to whoever the other person is. In this case, it turned out to be Agatha. And in a way, in a very roundabout, convoluted, unintentional way, Agatha did help her to become the Scarlet Witch. You're absolutely right. That is well said. And you just made me realize something else. Wanda's power and this journey she's taken is kind of a metaphor for mental illness in a way. Because she didn't ask for this power. She didn't want it. 
And no one asks for mental illness. No one wants it. Absolutely, yes. And the power, just like mental illness, it's not her fault, but she recognizes that it is her responsibility. Yes, absolutely. And that may not be fair, but that's life. Yeah, true. And she's also going through PTSD. A thousand percent. Yeah, and that is something that I believe we've spoken about this before somewhere, I can't remember, about how superheroes or how men are portrayed as dealing with with PTSD. And this is Wanda's way of dealing with it. Yeah. Her magical explosions are just her emotions overwhelming her. Yes. And I have a lot more I want to say on that for sure. Yeah. And then Wanda makes another choice here. And I think she makes the choice for a couple reasons that I applaud. She could have killed Agatha. Yeah. At that point, Wanda had basically made Agatha powerless. She could have killed her. She could have done anything she wanted to her. Instead, what she did was essentially give her what she was pretending to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's going to end up fulfilling her nonsense little prophecy and living in that house with Ralph. (laughs) That's what she deserves. That's your punishment, Agatha. A lifetime with Ralph Boner. Enjoy. Agnes Boner. (laughs) Yeah. Dear Lord, if I had a name like that, damn right I'm going to go crazy and act like the way Agatha did. Including the hair. <laughs> Yo, that was, a, that was a rough hairstyle. Yeah. And the black fingers? They're probably because I barehandedly dug the ground and buried Mr. Boner there. <laughs> so Wanda's choice here, I think, speaks to not only her compassion, but also her intelligence. She knows that in the future, she may very well need Agatha. Yeah, because she knows that unintentionally Agatha has taught her. It's true. A little bit, but she she certainly did. And not just that, but no matter how awful she is, you have to respect Agatha for the work she has put into her magic over the centuries. This is not a Peg Bundy who's been sitting around eating bonbons on the couch all day. She has been (laughs) studying and practicing hard for centuries. And I think Wanda is smart enough to realize that she could need that knowledge, that ambition someday. Yes, I agree with you that Agatha has definitely put in the work. And kudos to her for that. And of course, it does get gray with her superiority complex (laughs) of taking the magic from the undeserving. Yes, 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 for sure. Quote, unquote, undeserving. I'd like to know what her bar is. Anyone except her. <laughs> I think you're probably. I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kept thinking to myself, man, it's a really good thing Voldemort doesn't exist in the MCU because, man, that would be a, a formidable team up. Yeah, I think they'd both be fighting for each other's noses, maybe. <laughs> They should just, you know, share the hair, you know, a little less crazy hair for one and a little bit of hair for the other would do good as well. Yeah, Agatha Riddle definitely sounds better than Agnes Boner. I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah, true. Boner could certainly be riddled with bullets. I'd be fine with that. That that was painful. (laughs) So we will 
come back to Agatha a little bit in the themes we discussed, but now we're going to really dive into the heart of this episode. Yes, Wanda. Yeah, Wanda and Vision and the boys, and I am going to do my best to get through this part without any tears, but I am not making any promises. <laughs> so we don't need to go blow by blow as to what happened here. We all know now. Mm-hmm. We all understand the sacrifice that Wanda made. We talked before, just touched on the differences between how men and women process grief differently in the MCU, but it's true for life. Yeah. You know, the whole men men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Ha ha ha. It is true. We process emotions differently. We have different chemicals in our bodies. You know, that's how it works. Yes, that is definitely true. But I think a lot of it also has got to do with society brainwashing us into thinking that men should not cry, men should not be emotional and things like that. Absolutely. In fact, in my family showing emotion has always been a sign of weakness and to this date if i if i get angry or if i cry or anything of that sort that voice at the back of my head is always telling me shut up you're being embarrassing and i've worked my whole life to be as stable and calm on the surface as much as possible and just let it go. Just put it in a box and throw it away. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And for me, it's been, you know, doing my best to be the same way, though I'm a much more naturally emotional person. But for me, mm-hmm. I have to keep myself in check because the emotional stress can affect my body so much physically because of the conditions I live with. Right. Yeah. So in a way, we are kind of polar opposites. In that sense, Mm -hmm. you let it out a lot more. Whereas for me, it's difficult for me to do that. It's difficult for me to even open up to another person. So in a way, you could say that my perspective towards dealing with emotions is very male from the general societal aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, let's take a quick look at the MCU for a second and the Netflix shows, too at other male characters who have experienced this kind of grief. Frank Castle turned into the Punisher, became this vengeful Mm -hmm. murderer. Thor became an alcoholic. Hawkeye lost his family and then became a brutal vigilante, just like Matt Murdock after losing his father. Though Matt Murdock didn't go around slicing heads off with a machete. A little bit, a little different there, but still. (laughs) Yeah. The default for men is anger. And... In the MCU, it's violence, too, with the exception of Thor. Yes, absolutely. Well, for Thor, it was virtual violence, thanks to Fortnite. That's true. And new Bastard, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that is considered acceptable. I mean, it's, it's heralded to be the manly thing, to get vengeance. Yeah. And then we get this amazing show that shows a woman dealing with her grief. And Wanda doesn't mm-hmm. lash out. And she doesn't self-destruct. Instead, what she does, inadvertently, she creates a loving world to cope with her pain. And yes, she hurt people. But she didn't do it intentionally, like Frank, like Clint. 
It took her a while to even realize she was hurting people. And as soon as she knew that, as soon as she was confronted by those people, she came to her senses and did the right thing. Yes. And keeping Dan aside, she was letting her emotions out. Yes, you're absolutely right. Her explosions of magic that we've seen happen before, Age of Ultron and now here. And of course, in a lot of other smaller ways, probably, she was letting it out. She was letting that grief and those emotions fuel her magic. Absolutely. And this just hit me so hard. It opened the floodgates. In particular, we have said goodbye before. We will say hello again. Mm -hmm. As a military spouse, I've been in the position of saying goodbye to the love of my life many times and not always knowing when I will see him again. And by the time this episode comes out, I will have done that again. So the timing of this for me was just serendipitous. And the strength that Wanda shows here in letting her family go is just greater than anything that comes out of her fingers, you know? Yeah, true. It takes a lot more strength to let go in a situation like this than it is to hold on. Yeah. Because she is perfectly capable of moving somewhere else and recreating this little world for herself. Maybe not as a town, but just a little house and have that perfect little world, that small perfect little world for her. But she didn't. She chose to face reality and let go and move forward. Well, we don't know what happens moving forward, but at least to move forward. Yeah. And vision also gives her strength because they're on the same page. They have that same faith. And, you know, sometimes you just get lucky in life. And some people end up with a a significant other who just knows exactly what they need emotionally in a moment. I am not one of those people because I am married to a jackass who watched this episode, removed his headphones, and laughed. (laughs) Okay, that was a complete 180 there. Uh Tell me about it. (laughs) Fucking tell me about it. Because in 10 seconds flat, I went from, oh my God, my heart is breaking to, this is the day I kill him. (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen, the tears were not because he's leaving. It's because she just murdered him. (laughs) Hence the goodbye. (laughs) He looked at me and laughed and said, What's going on with you? I thought there was going to actually be something sad. Well, to be fair, could it be the fact that he may not have wanted to to face that particular thing at that time? Uh, no, it's because I forgot to take him back to the factory where he was made last month and have his emotion chip replaced. He needs a new one. <laughs> it's time for an upgrade. <laughs> okay. All right. 11 years. I think a lot of women would agree with it's time for an upgrade. Yes, yes. I think I think a lot of women can relate to this where just once, just once could you understand when I need a hug. And I think that is a perfect example of 
how men and women deal with their stuff differently. Exactly. And he also chalked it up to saying, oh, well, I knew this was going to happen. I said it, which is another sticking point for me because, yes, he was right about pretty much fucking everything. He's been telling me for weeks <laughs> that I've been overthinking this, that you and I are crazy with all the Easter eggs telling me none of that's going to happen. He was right. And he has been lording it over me for t- just over 24 hours now since he watched the episode. <laughs> he was right. And I think that's a lesson for us not to overthink things too much moving forward. We made a we made a little pact between ourselves. Yes. Yeah, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. so this leads us into a broader discussion too about mental health and the way men women society at large the way we all deal with mental health wanda's power is definitely allegorical with mental illness but we can also just look at this in terms of ptsd in terms of just getting help of recognizing that you can't handle something by yourself and that's okay. Yeah, and wouldn't it be fair to say that this could be allegorical for someone with chronic illness? <laughs> Absolutely. Because then, be it mental health or physical chronic illness or anything of that sort, it's up to you as a person to either take control and get it under control and get better or ignore it and let it get worse. Exactly. The lesson here that Wanda teaches us is we have to deal with our shit before it becomes toxic. Yeah. To be fair, yes, she was not dealing with her shit. The entire sitcom thing was her not dealing with Mm -hmm. it and her slowly, gradually sort of waking up to it and realizing when she was pushed to the limit thanks to Agatha, that she needed to finally own it and be who she is. Yeah, and what you said with chronic illness, what Wanda did here, her whole sitcom life, that's akin to like a giant Mm flare-up, you know, coming from weeks or months of not properly taking care of yourself, you know, either not eating properly, not getting enough sleep, not taking proper medications or supplements, and it all just builds up and hits you and, you know, lands you in bed for a week. Yeah. And it could also be like, again, you didn't take care of yourself and you're just continuing to not take care of yourself and ignoring the problem and pretending everything is fine and just living in your own fantasy land when you know that continuing to do this would potentially be life-threatening. Yeah. It shows the real danger of denial and how destructive Mm -hmm. that can be. Correct. And, you know, you and I have witnessed that firsthand in our lives, and I'm sure plenty of others can relate. It doesn't do anybody any good. Like Agatha said, yeah, it doesn't. Like Agatha had said, the only way forward is back. Sometimes that's true. We've got to go back and deal with the past in order to accept our present and build a future. Yeah. And that's a lot like therapy, isn't it? Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. And finally, when she does accept and chooses to move on and they have this one final night with the kids and they tuck the kids into bed i love that moment when wanda says thank you for choosing me to be your mom yeah 
that was heartbreaking. And when Vision and Wanda have their final conversation, it was the perfect closure one could ever have. And I think that's the power of entertainment as a, in, in general. Because in our lives, a lot of people right now at this point of time have lost people that are dear to them. And even in general, I don't think there's anyone in this world who has probably not lost someone they care for at some point in their life. And we all would love to have that moment of closure, even if it's just one last conversation, you know? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately for us commoners, we don't have barf technology. So that makes things even harder. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I know I'd, I'd pay anything to have that and last conversation with some people that I've lost in my life. Yeah. That's actually a perfect example. That's his way of dealing with his grief. And I think Wanda's decision is also a testament to, even though it wasn't for very long, what an amazing mother she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if she had kept that up, even just within their own house, if she had kept up the illusion, those boys would have been miserable after a while. Yeah, true. Because they wouldn't have been able to leave the house. Correct. That yeah. would have become their whole world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not feasible long term. No. And Wanda probably knew that. Yeah, and she didn't want them to suffer any more than they already had. Yeah. and. I did like the fact that when they were tucking the boys in, she let Vision take the lead on what to tell the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to lean on each other. Yeah. And they they did it perfectly. Yeah. And they had every reason to be proud of those boys. They handled the military just fine. We got it, Mom. (laughs) Yeah. And they made themselves a new friend with Monica. Yeah. I do have hope that we'll get a family reunion in another universe in the future. I hope so too. And that possibility is certainly there in the post credit scene. We do hear them shouting for Wanda. Yes, I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah, yeah, well, sure. Yeah, I'm a tad concerned about how Wanda may go about getting back to her family. Yeah, yeah, I think we will know more, hopefully, in the Multiverse of Madness. In 384 days. <laughs> I'm yeah, just gonna have yeah. okay. I'm I'm a little concerned about you at this moment. My my office is just gonna have is gonna be like one of those, you know, like old timey newspaper offices where they have like six different clocks showing times across the world on the wall. Instead, it's just gonna be clocks count counting down for every MCU movie. <laughs> now remember, we made a deal. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> Relax. I can't even keep track of the time difference between the two of us. <laughs> That's I true. just got that one down like two months ago. Oh, good. Finally, congratulations. <laughs> but Daylight Savings is coming soon, so I'm going to be fucked again. Well, there is this neat little trick. It's called the word clock <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking or not, if you're actually wondering if I know about that or not. I do. I plead the fish. <laughs> <laughs> So the last big thing we want to discuss here, and we've mentioned it, you know, throughout the series, is the portrayal and writing for these women. Yeah. So this is a twofold thing. We have the dynamics between Agatha and Wanda and the dynamics between 
Wanda and Monica. I think it weaves together a great message. And this is a tough thing, you know, in our current climate in 2021 with as divisive as things are. But I think one of the big messages of this show is that we as women shouldn't try to tear each other down or use each other, that nothing good comes of that. The only way to make real progress is to come together. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, you know, I was actually a little mad at myself. It wasn't just the Easter eggs, I think, that were making us think there had to be another big bad villain behind this. I think there was some ingrained misogyny in it, too, thinking that it can't just be a little old witch. Got to be a, a bigger male entity behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, conditioning, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, it was different. It was different with Thor Ragnarok because in that case, like we knew ahead of time that it was Hela was the villain. There was no question. But even in that movie, it turns out that Surtur comes along and kind of takes over in the end, you know? Yeah, she gets defeated. But then, I mean, she's the villain. She's supposed to get defeated, right. whether it's through uh, Thor or anyone else for that right. matter. But she kind of gets upstaged is what I'm saying in the end. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't happen here. And that's why I'm so glad, despite what I thought I wanted, I'm so glad nobody showed up for some big cameo. Yeah, exactly. And that would have taken away, even if it was Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. that would have taken away from Wanda's story. And this is, like you said, it's Wanda's story. And we see Wanda was capable of handling this herself. And she did. As soon as she was confronted by the townspeople, she understood. She came back to herself. She knew what had to be done. She didn't need any other male Avenger coming in and telling her so. Yeah. And Agatha was perfectly evil enough on her own. (laughs) And powerful enough. Powerful and sassy enough. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you don't cast Catherine Hahn in something if you don't want sass. Because that's that's what you're ordering. (laughs) That is implied. It's in the contract. (laughs) Very true. In my mind, I think WandaVision can be summed up as the real origin story for Wanda. We know the technicalities of how she got her powers and things like that. But this show has finally made her the real hero that she is. Yes. She's a flawed hero. Absolutely. Just like many of the others. Yeah. But she's a hero nonetheless. Yeah. It is for sure the origin story of the Scarlet Witch. Yes, absolutely. And one thing I really appreciated was that thanks to the women writers and a lot of other and a lot of women behind the scenes, she wasn't this melodramatic waif of a woman. You know, she wasn't diminished to be overly emotional. Right. She's not not Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Right. And thanks to the show I mentioned earlier in the previous podcast that I started reading the comics. And one thing I noticed about the comics, especially with House of M, was that even though Wanda was the one who did everything, it was her power, the focus was on all the other heroes. She was hardly there. And when she was, she was portrayed as this 
weak, mentally unstable woman that needed to be protected. And it was all the Avengers and the, and the X-Men that were coming together, primarily men, all coming together to make the decision of what to do with her, you know? Whereas here on the show, we, was we a, have her taking complete control. Yes. She didn't need a man to save her. She could save herself just fine. Thank you very much. And her emotions, her grief, her feelings were not diminished or dismissed. And it was treated with respect the way she deserves. Now, I do believe there was one other aspect of Wanda here that you appreciated. Yes. Yes. Now, see, after I say all these nice, thoughtful things, I don't want to sexualize her, but yes. <laughs> that costume's amazing. Come on. We got to say it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Darcy said that debriefing was for the week, but I certainly would like to debrief Miss Maximoff for sure. <laughs> you're, yeah, I don't think you're alone. You're definitely not alone in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your husband and I have a lot in common in that Yes. Way, in that sense. Yes, in, in many ways. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the crazy roller coaster ride that has been WandaVision. Now, before we give our individual shout outs here, we just want to thank everybody for going on this ride with us, for joining us in the crazy, for putting on your own tinfoil hats. We couldn't have done any of this without all you guys chiming in. Yes. And side note, the previous episode was our 50th episode. We forgot. <laughs> yes. And we almost forgot this time as well. Not that anyone cares but us, but still. Yeah, but we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing 50 episodes if you guys didn't support us. Yes. So thank you to all. And we love you. And special thanks to all these folks this week who are now joining us as the members of the We Were Wrong Club. It's a pretty large club <laughs> at this point, don't you think? I think so. Lots of different... No exclusivity at yeah, all. Yeah, lots of different ways in, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At M Ward 1305. Wow. We had a long conversation. All wrong. Just everything. Gone. <laughs> Stuart Neville. So much for the Grim Reaper idea. Sometimes a skull is just a skull, it seems. Megs. White Vision didn't have Ultron's voice, but the altered Paul Bettany voice was still solid. Okay, there's no question now after this finale, Wanda's definitely stronger than Captain Marvel. Let us know how you're enjoying your foray into the MCU. And Re, just like sometimes a skull is just a skull, sometimes a bunny is just a fucking bunny. <laughs> and sometimes a mailman is just a mailman. I can't. I can't anymore. <laughs> I will shoot the next fucking messenger I see. How about that, buddy? How about that? Disclaimer. The Marvelous Madams <laughs> do not condone violence and will not be shooting any male men or women because we do enjoy whatever limited freedom we do have and have no intentions of going to prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, since we feel like we just finished a marathon and we're pretty sure everybody else watching the show does too... <laughs> and the fact that we are yes. not runners. I can attest to that, yes. Next week, March 10th, we will not be putting out an episode. So once we hydrate and recover, we'll be back for a full series on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
with episodes starting from March 24th. So till next time, everybody, I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Marvel Madams. And check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. You should be doing this. You're the social whatever Philip I don't major. have any kind of degree in Greek for fucking philosophy. What did you do? Socialism? Uh, <laughs> uh, pinky? What? Jesus. Sociology. Sociology. Okay, close enough. Something social.